conference, at least at this church, we would live stream and get caught up in the spirit of the thing, which I think is important. Sometimes that you do, and, and, um, and being able to do that. But of course, this year we weren't able to live stream. But I just want you to understand, this church is, um, is uh, we are dedicated to missions. Um, we, we do. I don't know how many different missionaries we have. Uh, maybe next week when we have our Mission Sunday, we'll mention them. But we are going to give to I Am Global. And so I want you to understand that. At least $1,000 we want to send in just for that purpose. And so if you want to contribute to that, you're certainly welcome to do that. But I just want you to know this church is going to do that because we believe in that mission. Can somebody say amen? amen. I think it was Brother Woodward that was telling us the story of um, in his church, there was a man who was um, via the, um, uh, the iPad, he was teaching in a country I won't mention. And, um, and he was, what he was doing on a regular basis was about every three months, he was flying into that country. And the last time he flew into that country, they had rented an apartment. And the reason they rented an apartment, because most or a lot of the apartments have bathtubs in them. And when he went into that apartment, he baptized 105 people. Now he's doing that on a regular basis. He's doing that on a regular basis. And these are things that have been going on for years, folks. They're not, they're not gonna allow the opposition uh, to get into the way. I, for just a few minutes tonight here, and just in a, in a few minutes, I'm gonna talk to you about, um, about the harvest field. And I want you to, to try to understand, this will fit just perfectly with what Brother Fissner said here tonight, and him and I didn't even talk about it, so we'll just do that. But let me mention something here before I get to that, and look at Acts chapter number two. I had mentioned here weeks ago um, about the fact that uh, years ago, I remember a man from Indiana that was uh, used in prophecy and that type of thing, and he prophesied about three angels coming over the land. And of course, one of the angels he referred to was the restoration angel. And he made reference to that, that that angel was coming across the land to return the church back to its original format. Yeah, and we can see that happening. Um, and Brother Huntley, that is happening in the foreign field right now. America, we're kind of the, kind of the Johnny comes latelys in this, and it's because we, we have a different view of materialism than they do in, in, in other countries. And I'm not being critical, folks, because I live in America. I love America. Unless God would change my calling, I'm going to minister and I'm going to try to reach people in America. But we do need to understand the harvest field. And I believe that God can help us. Most of you, I think probably all of you are, fam or I hope you are, well, if you come to more than one t or two services, you will be familiar with Acts uh, chapter number 2. But um, let, me, let me read something to you. The Bible says in verse 41, Acts 2 and 41, you already know Acts 2.38. And so it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now here's something we need to keep in mind, and it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Scripture says, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. Everybody say together. That's unity, folks. And this is something, again, we Americans are going to have to think about and, and, and integrate. And had all things common. 
The Bible says, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. See, that's what they were doing. That's what the, uh, the second Ananias got in trouble with. See, that was the spirit that God put upon the church at that time. I've heard this for years, years. I heard this, you know, probably a couple of years after I came into the church, that God was going to return his church back to that kind of format. And, of course, we in America, like I told you, we do have an, a, a different view, praise God, on, on, on things, and we can become very possessive. And we must begin to pray, folks. Pray that God will break that bondage in us. Now listen to me, folks, before you get too carried away with this, God doesn't need our money. You could give everything to God tonight and he wouldn't be a dime richer. He needs, our, he needs to be able to trust us. That's the thing that God really, really wants to be able to do because there are spiritual things that God will put in our hands if and when he can trust us. And so this is where the church is going. This is where it's been going for years in the foreign field. And so you and I must understand that, that we are living in the last of the last days where God is going to restore his church, praise God. Demographics tells us that there are more people on the face of the earth than there ever has been in the history of mankind. <clears throat> so it just makes sense that God, if it's God's going to have the biggest revival, he's going to have it now. Because there are more people. And that's what he wants to do. And that's what he wants to use you and I. Amen. And so I want you to consider that, praise God, tonight. Three places I want to refer to tonight when it talks about the harvest field. And hopefully you can receive this because I believe that God wants to really, really, really step this thing up in, in our area. Right here in Gillette, Wyoming. Look at um, Matthew chapter number 9. Chapter number 9 of Matthew. And let me show you a place where that uh, makes, makes reference to. Uh, Matthew chapter number 9, <clears throat> um, the Bible says in verse 36, 9 and 36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Now this is Jesus, of course, because they fainted and, they, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And I believe we're living in times like that where there are people out there that are receiving the truth. They're, they're seeing it in the Bible but they need someone to help lead them. Amen. And I believe that God's going to begin to lead people like that. Amen. But here's what I want you to see. For, uh, it says, Then said he unto his disciples, and notice who he's talking to here. This is not a multitude ministry here. This is discipleship. The harvest truly is plenteous. The word literally means, you know, in many portions, you know, variously as time and, and place would allow it. It says, but the laborers are few. And it says, pray ye, in verse 38, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And as Brother Huntley said on Tuesday night in his message, you know, the treasure's in the field. Yeah. Amen. This is the house of God. We hope people will come to the house of God. But really, the mandate is for us to go into the field and become harvesters. Um, probably here very soon, I'm going to, uh, the wheat harvest is probably one of the greatest um, analogies of the harvest of souls. And I'm going to go through that with you. I'm going to help you to understand there's various aspects. One of my daily prayers is I pray for, for, for the harvest. I pray for, 
you know, um, that to, be, to happen and that we will see it and we'll see it in its various forms in Jesus' name. Now, another place he talks about the harvest is found in Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. And um, uh, this is, of course, where Jesus uh, began to appoint. You know, uh, chapter 10 of Matthew, if you study that chapter, you're going to find he's talking to his 12 apostles there. That whole entire chapter is dealing with his apostles. And man, he's laying it out. Well, obviously, the church has got to grow. And so here we see growth. Look at what Jesus does. After these things, verse number 1, 10 of Luke, Luke 10 and 1, it says, after these things, the Lord, and notice who did the, did, did the appointing here. The Bible says, appointed other 70 also. And he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. And the Bible says in verse number two, therefore he said unto them, here you, you, Jesus is doing some teaching here. He said, the harvest truly is great. Doesn't use that in the other chapter, but he uses it here. And that means large, much. The harvest is a lot. And it says, but the laborers, again, he's referring to the fact that we need to get some workers out there, you know, are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. And so there it is. Jesus is referring to the fact that there needs to be a, 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 a mind shift in this country, you know, because we have, you know, uh, 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 been sitting under single pulpit churches for too long. Right. We're never going to reach the lost with that kind of concept. And if, you, if that, by the way, is just that there's one man of God in the church. He does everything. Everybody else just kind of sits there and, and, and approves and makes sure he doesn't make any mistakes. That's not the church. The Bible says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. That literally means that one of my chief, chief jobs is to train you. Yeah. And that is what we're trying to do here. We're really trying to do that. Because I'm telling you something, folks. The harvest is, is, is one of the most important things. When I was going to Bible school in Iowa, Back in the uh, middle, well, in the 80s, um, uh, I did a lot of different jobs. One of the jobs I had was selling combined insurance. And that meant I had to go house to house. I went out into the rural areas. And I, um, um, they gave me a quarter plot, that's what they called it, out in, in, in the farm fields. And I remember doing that about, oh, it was probably about the first week in uh, October, maybe the second week in October. And you'd pull into far farmer's yards and they absolutely wanted nothing to do with you. I don't care if you wanted to give them a new car. They wouldn't listen to you. And there was a big reason for that. It's because they were in the fields to get the harvest. And in my opinion, that's what that means in Acts chapter number 2. They sold everything. They got rid of all of the distractions. They got rid of everything in their life, praise God, that would prevent them or any excuse that would prevent them from going into that harvest field. And so we can expect, praise God, that God is going to do much the same thing. And believe me, folks, it's not going to be some, oh, poor us. We give. No, it's going to be exciting. 
We're going to see things happen, praise God, just like they did in the book of Acts, praise God. I've always believed, and I still believe, that the, act, the book of Acts, not the only one, but it is a blueprint. You know, what does that mean? That means that anything that happened in that book, we can expect to happen here today. You know, now we like the 3,000 that received the message. We like all of the miracles and things of that sort. But you go to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, and they got beaten because they were preaching this message. And so again, we have to accept the fact that we're going to be in the same realm as them in Jesus' name. And so I'm excited about that. I am. I'm telling you, folks, there is something that has been just, just literally getting a hold of, of every facet of this. But here's one thing I want you to see, because we think of harvest, you know, going out and actually, you know, doing that, and I, and I do know that that has a lot to do with it. But I want to help somebody here tonight understand, praise God, that it's important that you begin to engage in other things. Praise God. Prayer, praise God. Fasting, amen. Those kind of things. And why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Another place that, that, that we find this, this harvest a message is in the fourth chapter of the book of John. And it isn't, isn't it ironic that it's right after Jesus tried to show his disciples that he has no respecter of persons? Fourth chapter of the book of, of John is where he talks to the woman at the well, a Samaritan. And they're oohing and they're on ah, and they're going, <laughs> I think he's kind of lost it a little bit because as Jews, they weren't supposed to have anything to do with those people. But Jesus was helping them and helping us to understand that the harvest is everybody. And that is, that is for sure. Look at what he says in context to that. Praise God. They came back and, and you know, that, and they had gone to get some food. And they came back, and the Bible says in verse 34, 4 and 34, John, 34, John 4 and 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Wow. And then he goes on to say, Say not, ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields. Now this is what I would like you to consider doing this week. Everywhere you go this week, every place you enter into, whether it be a grocery store, whether it be go to on a job or or you know going to somebody's house, where, wherever life takes you this week, we're going to pray here, and I'm I'm believing that God's going to help us to lift up our eyes and begin to see the harvest, see what's going on, the ripeness that is there, and the Scripture says. Um, in, in that same verse 35, it says, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There are people out there that are ready. And then he went on to say in verse 36, And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto the eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. See, that's part of the plan, is to be involved, yes, in the reaping of the harvest, but how about the sowing? How about asking the Lord to help you in your personal life? Where can I sow some seeds this week? Amen. For years, you know, we've counted 
in our churches, and I don't think it's necessarily a horrible thing, but we, you think about it. We've counted people who get baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. That's the count we want to keep. Right. And I'm not, in, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we don't understand what we're counting is God's job. That's him. Now, I can teach a Bible study on Jesus' name, baptism, but I'll guarantee you that any person that gets baptized in Jesus' name, that's between them and God. And then, if they're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, it ain't going to be because of me. It's going to be because of him. That's what God is doing. But what God asks us to do is to sow the seed. And in my opinion, we need to start personally. We talked this morning about examining ourselves. You know, asking the Lord to help us in some of these areas, you know. Well, I think we need to start looking at our life and see how am I doing, God, with sowing the seed? How am I doing that? And we understand because Jesus taught one of the greatest, ter- he, to- he told us, you know, that if you can get this one, you can get them all. And that had to be referred to the sower and the seed. And he refers to that as being that the seed is my word. And so consider that, praise God. There's another place in Scripture where it talks about watering. You know, all of this adds up to the fact that you and I can be busy doing the things of God. Amen. Prayer rooms are not just for people that are having real hard problems in their life. Prayer rooms are where you can begin to sow seeds. You can begin to water those seeds you can begin to see, praise God, amen. Just on a personal level, um, one of the things that I've been doing on a regular basis myself is I pray for backsliders, backsliders, that God, you bring them, praise God. And here in the last month, I've seen about four or five of them, amen, not just in town, but I saw a couple of them come into this church. I'm telling you, God will answer those kinds of sowing seed prayers in Jesus name and so tonight you know as he so adequately put I I want to be the the Ananias that says here I am Lord that's the one I want to be amen I'm certainly not interested in being in the one in the fifth chapter of the book of Acts amen I want to be the one that says Lord here I am you can use me in Jesus name and so before we get up here and sing I I I, I, I sense and um and I, I want to do this. I feel like we need to pray for you. Um, this, is, this is our kid. Come on, just because he's living in St. Louis now doesn't mean that we forget about him. He's our kid. We've been threatening him for about two years now that when he gets out of Bible college, he's got to come back here. Amen. I don't know if that's the right kind of prayer, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, we're, we're still going to do it. But he's, he's one of us. He's going off, and he's learning things, and God's going to open up doors for him. And, man, he's at a good age, praise God, if he can get a hold of this stuff and, and, and really, really, really put forth his energies. I'm telling you something, it's just no telling. And so we're going to pray, and I want you to come, praise God. I'm going to anoint him in Jesus' name. After we're done with, with Harmon here, praise God, I, we, we can come and we'll, we'll sing if you want to. But, but I just feel right now, praise God, in honor of the harvest field and all the things that are happening in our world right now, let's take one of ours and let's, let's invest a little bit of time here in Jesus' name.